Welcome to the podcast. Are you ready to thrive? You've tuned in to the most joy-filled podcast on the internet. Just like finding that bonus French fry at the bottom of the bag. Welcome to The Last Try with Patrick and Deacon B. And we are so thankful that you have joined us again. <laughs> and unfortunately, we don't have any guest speakers today. <laughs> you know, this is not... This is not a three-part Carl Meyer series, I think, unfortunately. But Carl, if you're listening, hope you are. Uh, such a joy having you on the show last week, and the, the feedback has been phenomenal in the yes. mailbag, and we'll get to all that. But we are uh, trying to live uh, the attitude of gratitude as we as we enter into the show today and uh, start discussing our topic. So, Patrick, good to see you. It's always nice <laughs> to have you uh, on the other side of the microphone as we begin these shows together. Agreed. Same, same. And you know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for a paycheck. I'm enjoying working and yes. enough money to keep my little enterprise over <laughs> here afloat. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. That's this whole and this this whole concept of being thankful for work. I think as we uh, get into to today's topic, uh, I was thinking about jobs that uh, were perhaps not the most um, edifying that I have had right. through the years. But certainly, I managed to bring a little joy and enthusiasm. And one of the best ones, um, for those of you who have never had the opportunity to dress up as a some sort of character and wave at traffic, you're missing out on one of life's great <laughs> little adventures, let me tell you. <laughs> so when I was in high school, I was, uh, gosh, I don't know what that was, sophomore, junior year in high school, I think. Uh, there was a fried chicken place about you know half a mile from my house. And a famous recipe, fried chicken in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for those of you that remember it, up on Juan Tabo. And I was the chicken man, chicken man, and my job for a <laughs> summer was to put on the big giant chicken costume with the foam legs and the big feet and the full no. body thing with the head and go out and wave and dance and, and bring in the cars. And, uh, you know, it was july in albuquerque and it was 102 and like 130 inside the chicken thing and um but you know what i i put on my walkman remember the walkman oh yes i had oh, my yes. sony walkman with my my cassettes for those of you who don't know what a cassette is talk to your local uh audio visual museum oh, and look gosh. them up on the wall they're probably there in a in a display cabinet uh, i put on my cassette and i danced and and yeah i was i was chicken man wow. Wow. So, so that's, yeah. Hey, now that's not that, I, man, I had some enthusiasm. I was not a quiet quitter, which is what uh, we're going to be talking about on the show today. This, this new concept of quiet quitting. So Patrick, was there a job that was uh, less than edifying, but you put a hundred percent into it? Oh yeah. It was uh, my very first job um, outside of the school cafeteria. And it was at uh, here in Albuquerque at Cinema East Theater. And at the time, it was the second largest venue in the state, only out uh, out uh, number of seats by Pope Joy Hall uh, wow. at the university campus. So it sat over 900 people. And awesome, huge screen, big sound system. It was great. Minimum wage gig. And uh, there's nothing exciting about cleaning up 
a theater between shows. Oh, because that sounds apparently that, so much fun. Yeah. People don't know how to use garbage cans in theaters. Apparently they, they use no. them elsewhere, but in theaters, apparently that's you what just, the floor is for. That's what the floor is for. And and you have and, to get, and you realize the reason they sell the giant jumbo bucket of popcorn is because a good 30% of it ends up on the floor with oh, people just like missing yeah. their mouths and dropping the popcorn dark. and just, yeah. yeah. So we'd have to clean up the shows between, you know, clean up the theater between shows, not a lot going on there. And, uh, so I would just try to do a race with my partner. And if it was the big house, cause that, that theater had two screens, a little itty bitty, like 150 seat little add on. And then that 900 seat theater. And it was almost more difficult to clean the theater when there were fewer people, people in it because it would sit everywhere. So you had to walk the whole theater, find the garbage when you had a sold out show, you just started at the top and worked your way to the bottom because every row needed attention. And you would just work it. And I would ask the projectionist to throw on some music in between. It's something, mm-hmm. not just the, the standard stuff, but, you know, throw the Walkman, same, same time frame on there, you know, plug it in and play some music and just try to keep it going. It was a minimum wage gig. You couldn't, you know, we we're going to talk about quiet quitting today. There wasn't really any way you could go above and beyond. You, there's no way to do that in a, in a job like that, but you could certainly make the job more pleasant. And I, I did my best as a high school kid to make it fun. And uh, some folks thought I was nuts and other folks appreciated the effort. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it made it worth my time to be there and do a good job. And that's, that was my first experience with that. Cause I had folks from six, I was 16. Um, but we had 30, 40 year olds yeah. at the time working their part-time gigs and they weren't, they just needed the extra money because they were paying off a, a debt or they got divorced or whatever it was. So it was more of generating income as opposed to me generating enough money to afford to take my girlfriend on a date, right. honestly. So, um, so different motivations, but yeah, that was, uh, that was it. Benefits yeah. to working at a theater, movie theater. Oh, first run, baby. You got first, the first run oh, of every major gosh. show. Yep. You got to see Star Wars first yep. run. You got, you got to see Jaws first run. You got yeah. to see... I sort of think all those all those classics yeah. back in the day. Indiana run. Jones, the first Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones yeah, was shown on that right. huge screen. Remember that big yeah, boulder yeah, thing yeah. that was rolling? Yeah, you were seeing that on a, I don't know, thirty by ninety. It, it was probably bigger than that. Screen is huge, huge, and the the speakers in the back were the size of pickup trucks stacked. So you got the whole Return of the Jedi was shown in there. Um, Scarface was shown oh, in there. That was nice. that, little, yeah, that movie was so little, long. Yeah, scary that movie was so screen. long. We had an intermission. We actually oh, had an nice. intermission at hour two or, or so. Folks, we would stop the movie, let folks come out and go to the restroom and get more popcorn or whatever, and they'd go back in to watch the last hour of the movie. Uh, yeah, Scarface. Yeah, and it, the the dialogue would spill into the lobby because it would get oh, loud sure. occasionally. So we had. We had most of the movie lines memorized. Oh, I'm and, sure. Oh, it was crazy. But good, good fun times. I, I loved that job as a teenager. Um, and I didn't realize how much I liked doing customer service, especially in, people don't go to the movies upset. They sometimes leave the movie upset because they hated the movie or they're pissed off that at the time a large soda was two bucks. Now, this is in 1983. Now you're paying eight bucks or nine bucks for the same, yeah, for for the same four ounces. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Oh, you know, the other part about that job I hated a lot was the upselling. We were, if you were working concessions and somebody said, I'll take a small Coke 
we had to hold up the little Coke and the medium cup, the medium cup size and the small cup size and say, for 25 cents more, you can you have can a have medium. This. Hated that. Yeah. Just, they ordered a it worked. small. It, it worked. Small. Probably worked 80% of the time. It it worked more often than not, but yeah. folks would get irritated. I ordered a small. Yes, sir. Thank you yeah. very much. Let me get yourself. So it was just that whole, oh, man. Same with the popcorn, right? You can have yeah. a small corn. Hey, here's a small, but the large is only 50 cents more. Oh, 50 cents more. And and it would work. Some folks would be like, okay, yeah, fine. Give me the large, whatever. But some folks, no, I just want the small. Okay, thank you. But you were required to do it. And they had secret shoppers there making sure you were doing it. Oh, that, that was a part. Being a doorman and the projectionist, which I finally got to do, that was a ton of fun. But concessions with the whole upselling thing, that, that was good. Awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No yep. doubt. So there you go. That's All right. my story. There it is. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> well, let's just let's just jump right in. So as we mentioned, uh, there's this new kind of uh, phenomenon. I don't know if it's a phenomenon. It's maybe necessarily mm-hmm. totally new, but this idea of, of quiet quitting and uh, kind of not going to spend a ton of time on the technical side of it. But for those of you that have heard the term, but maybe haven't done any, any research, the sort of quiet quitting basic definition is, is just kind of doing your job, but nothing more. It's kind of a disengaged, passionless, sort of task-fulfilling kind of employment mm-hmm. existence. And it kind of gave it to this kind of viral sensation with this uh, uh, this gentleman just talking about the fact that, hey, you don't have to do you know extra stuff. You can just do your mm-hmm. job. And it, it became dubbed quiet quitting, and then it kind of took off on a, on a whole little tangent. So that's sort of the, the background behind it. And, it. and I think it has some validity. A lot of the business uh, magazines, a lot of the mainstream articles are really talking about the prevalence of this concept and the fact that it's a real phenomenon in the workforce. And there were some statistics I think you were mentioning before the show about uh, what are some of the stats on this? I have something from um, investopedia.com. They said a 2022 Gallup survey suggests that at least half, 50% of the U.S. workforce consists of quiet quitters. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, and again, others, these aren't these aren't slackers, right? These aren't people that are not doing their job. It's just these are folks that have decided that the culture of uh, I'm expected to do more and put in extra hours and come right. up with new concepts and um, be you know uber invested and all that kind of stuff uh, just isn't isn't the thing anymore. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fascinating concept. And I thought we'd bring it up a little bit on the fry. And as this is the fry, I think I think let's just jump right into some of the solutions that. Are, are there, and I know you, you kind of had the perspective of, of the employer and the employee uh, in this kind of thing, but I think for the, for the joy of the last fry, and, and certainly there's some opportunities for us just in life, because you know, that's kind of the big question, are you, are you quietly quitting life? Like, is mm-hmm. life just mm-hmm. uh, kind of get up and do your life? Are you, are you passionate about it and you full of energy about it? And do you give 110% to your life? Or are right. you just sort of quietly quitting life? It's kind of an interesting topic, you know, in and of itself. Sure. So what are, what is, yeah, some of the thoughts from the, the employee-employer perspective. From the employee perspective, what I read and, and being a manager right now in my organization is, are you giving your crew, your folks, 
um, a good shot of doing a great job at what they're doing. And you and I discussed before the show that there's nothing wrong with doing the job you were hired to do. But if you're barely putting in the effort and you're a weight, you're, you're a heavy drag on your department, then that is, that is something that's tangible to your coworkers and to your boss. So from an employee perspective is find a little bit of joy in what you're doing. And if it's impossible for you to do that, then you have the difficult decision to make room in that organization for somebody who really does have passion and care and go find the job that really speaks to you. Go find the career that really speaks to you. Get retrained, get, finish your degree, whatever it takes, right? Uh, change industries. So I'm in healthcare right now. Maybe I want to go into um, electricity or not electricity, but as a podcasting, right? Maybe you want yeah, to maybe, maybe, be a professional right? podcaster. <laughs> From, from the employer's perspective, the manager's perspective, I've got a whole list here from Forbes.com, but the one that really resonated with me, and we, we could probably spend a whole show just on these handful of items, is give praise. Yeah. Make sure that the folks who are doing their jobs well are being recognized, and I tend to recognize my teammates twice. I'll recognize them one-on-one, and then I'll bring it to the team and say, hey, by the way... Fred did a superb job on this and I got the feedback from the end user who said, wow, it was the best training they ever got. Whatever it was, I make sure that they get it one-on-one because it's meaningful. When I take time out of my schedule to meet one-on-one with somebody to say, not only do I think you're doing a great job, but I got this awesome feedback from the end user who thought you were remarkable. Congratulations. Well done. I really appreciate it. That doesn't cost you anything but a little bit of time. You're not having to raise their pay or take them on a date or nothing. Just say thank you and then do it publicly in front of the department or their peers so that you're, you get two, you get two benefits. You're, you're recognizing that individual for their job well done. And for the folks who are like, well, I'm just here to get a paycheck. They're saying, wow, maybe if I jump in, maybe I'll be happier and maybe I'll get that same recognition and recognition goes a long way. And I don't do it empty. I don't recognize folks for the sake of recognizing folks. I recognize them when they do something remarkable or great, or they exceed my expectation on the, on a job that they're paid to do. I'm not asking them to do anything extra, but here's the magical piece. The more I recognize what they're doing, the more they want to go above and beyond. I'm not asking them to, they're doing it out of a sense of pride, out of a sense of, of satisfaction of doing a job that's great. And I think that goes right back to the, so that was the manager's perspective. That comes right back to me. Am I giving it my all? Okay. So you, you hired me to do a, B and C in my job. I'm going to do a, B and C, but you can do it mediocre or you could do it. Awesome. You could set a new standard. You could really bring some joy to yourself, your job. And there's always, there's always a customer. I don't care what you do. There's always a customer you're impacting. And in my case, our customers are, are members and patients of our health plan. I don't directly interface with any of those people. I interface with the people who do. I train right. the folks who interact with them. So I do have a direct line to the folks that pay my paycheck. The folks that pay their premiums every month pay my paycheck. If I set up the people who actually interact with them every day, set them up for success and bring them some joy then the member feels cared for. They feel like they're getting value for their money and they're going to get the health care that they need. So even though I'm not a provider, I'm not a, a caregiver, I'm none of those things, I still have an impact on that and I take a great deal of pride in that. And so from the employee perspective, take some pride in your work yeah. or find work that you can take pride in. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's pretty basic. A lot of the solutions were just 
very basic, just mm -hmm. connection, yeah. just human connection. Yep. Uh, making somebody feel that they that they matter, that they have a purpose, that they have training, that they're they're listened to, and that you are trying to connect with them. So, yep. and again, that gets back to this whole: Are you quiet quitting on life? Well, if that's kind of the feedback that you're getting, then maybe we can talk about some solutions to that. Uh, speaking of feedback, do we do we have we have some twenty twenty three some twenty twenty three feedback? We got some mail. We got some mail. <laughs> so the uh, mailbag is overflowing with people from both genders who want to marry Carl Meyer. I think that is just <laughs> the overwhelming thing is that he is uh, universally uh, well respected and overwhelmingly attractive uh, yes. on a lot of levels. So yes, uh, no, but just a lot of a lot of the mailbag uh, was full of comments of how much they enjoyed the show. Keep it coming. Love these guys. Love these <laughs> podcasts from uh, from Embarkacy. We've got uh, John out in North Carolina. I think North right? Carolina, correct. Same yep. John. Thank you, John, again for those shirts and for being one of our loyal listeners. Uh, got some great scripture quotes uh, in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And tell Carl I said hello. Um, uh, we've got, and I, I apologize. We're going. We we finally figured out a little bit of Instagram. Uh, thanks yeah. to my wife. And Incoming. So we're going way back to people who commented on uh, our Christmas episode. Whenever we asked people <laughs> what was your favorite Christmas gift, like a month ago. Um, and hey, uh, I promise, folks, that we'd be doing Instagram every week. I just didn't right. say what weeks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, lots of traffic. So, thank so we you got all. we got favorite Christmas song, Nat King Cole. Yep. We have uh, from Jen, a favorite gift was a dollhouse. And uh, the favorite thing as an adult is watching my little girls wake up on Christmas morning and seeing their excitement. Uh, so, yeah, great stuff. Sorry we haven't commented on it. Uh, we just figured out how to. And we're, we're very excited about your feedback. And, and Jen is one of our regular listeners. So, Jen, thank you. Hopefully you and Pat listen to us. Uh, but... Uh, and and I I saw some photos of your family, your beautiful little family. Your little girls are adorable. So thanks for the comments. Sorry it took us a while to get to those because um, we promised we we're going to get to them. We just didn't say when. <laughs> but we are getting better, folks. We are getting better on our yes, Instagramming. Indeed. And uh, it's, it's a fun platform. The more I use it, the more I'm getting used to it and understanding it and all of the things. So thank you all for your patience and thank you all for your listenership. Yes, so, indeed. Thanks. Indeed. And there's some other, some other feedback about, uh, from some individuals who received letters from Carl Meyer. They, they got some of some of those thank, thankful letters. Oh. And, um, so it's nice to live in that attitude of gratitude. So there we go. Well, as we, yeah. as we kind of come to the end of the show and, and, and really think about solutions to the quiet quitting phenomenon is, uh, kind of the opposite. Like what's the opposite of quiet quitting is, is enthusiastic employment or just enthusiastic go. engagement. Exactly. And so how do we become enthusiastic engagers in our lives? That is a great question. And some of the basic concepts of the solutions to this dilemma can apply. Are you connecting with people? Do you encourage mm. people? Do you feel like somebody cares about you by, are you the one that cares for somebody else? Sometimes the solution to 
ambivalence is joy. The solution to apathy is joy. And if you can find just that one or two little things every day to do a joyful project or to be a little spark of energy or kindness in the workplace, I think you'll find the possibility of a enthusiastic employment is something that is very real for you. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, again, I, I referenced uh, Invictus. I just love that that scene where uh, Morgan Freeman, who's playing Nelson Mandela, is talking to the captain of the of the rugby team, and he says, "How do we inspire ourselves to greatness when nothing else will do?" And the, and he says, "We we we live we lead by example." He said, mm-hmm. I, "I believe that we lead by example." So if you want to inspire yourself to greatness, then lead yourself to greatness. Any final Great. thoughts? No, that's that's spot on. I, the final thoughts are if you are in that quiet quitting spot or that soft quitting is another term for it. Um, take an evaluation. Are you in the right spot professionally? Is this really what you want to be doing? And if it isn't, make room in that organization for somebody who does and find something that really speaks to you. And it could be a change in careers. It could just be a change in employers. Um, They say that people quit their managers, their leadership before they quit the job themselves. Evaluate that. But if you're not bringing joy to the job itself, then how are you going to take joy out of it? How are you going to satisfy your own need to be fulfilled in, in a job that you, we all need to work. We all have to pay the bills. We've got, we all have to eat, but do it with something that you can take pride in and enjoyment in. And if, if the job that you're in now is just a stepping stone, then get on to stepping, get on to the next step, do whatever it takes to get there and make room for somebody who really does enjoy that job or that career or whatever that is. But there is a responsibility on you to do that so that your life is also joy-filled and those around you can feel it. There we go. And we talked about uh, making tomorrow better by besting your yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we have kind of maybe even a moral obligation to be our best because our best is what we are created to be. So Mm -hmm. even though you may not feel like it and and you're kind of overcoming this idea of getting something for nothing, give a little bit more Mm -hmm. and you just might find a little bit more joy at the end of the day, which should be pretty close to finding a little bit more joy at the end of the last fry. Please visit us on Instagram at The Last Fry Podcast, Facebook at The Last Fry, and Twitter at Last Fry Podcast. Please leave us a comment about this or any of our episodes. We really appreciate your feedback. The Pulse bumper music was composed by Evgeny Kiselevich and is used under a royalty-free license purchased through safemusiclist.com. Mailbag music and additional sound effects are provided via a royalty-free license purchased through fesslianstudios.com donation and from the YouTube Studio Library. Use of other sound effects or music beds will be credited in the episode notes when appropriate.